Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is John Hendrickson. And this is Christina Metter. And welcome to Afraid of the Dark. Here we are. All right. So, a little funny story before we get going here. Uh, <laughs> today was one of those days, you know, that I uh, had this amazing, fluid, productive day. And by the time it got around to 5.30, 6 o'clock, I just found myself dragging. And so I actually texted John. I said, John, should we postpone the show tonight and maybe do it next week? And he said, dude, that's what the show's about. So, <laughs> so I got to tell you, you know, it was hard, uh, I think, on both of us tonight, just with the, the change of time and, like, the sun and everything, Um but we applied some pretty cool skills to get here and definitely held each other accountable. And we talked about that in our last show about having somebody to hold you accountable to keep you at your optimal best self. And so I don't know if you want to. No, she's absolutely right. And with, I'll, I'll kind of go with her on this flow too, because this morning I decided I'd go decaf <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a big coffee drinker. So I got to have my coffee in the morning and around 11 o'clock, I had a migraine, my body hurt. I just felt like shit all day long. And then I realized, I'm like, why would I pick today to go decaf? Wrong thing to do. So I get home around 530. I made a pot of coffee. So I'm feeling a hell of a lot better. And, and like Christina said, she sent me a text saying, dude, I'm tired. You want to just cancel? Should we postpone? I said, no, we got to walk our talk. We held each other accountable, and it, it's kind of ironic because today's show is about kickstarting change and breaking patterns, creating better habits, and it's just kind of ironic that we ran into this little obstacle today because that's going to be something else we're going to talk about, how to break through some of these obstacles. So on that note, here's my partner in crime. And one of the things I just want to say is, when, you know, we're going to get into this, and as, as you're creating something new, you know, like a new pattern or behavior that you're implementing in your life. Like, let's say you walk every day or you start a podcast. You know, it's gonna, it's, there's going to be a nice flow in the beginning sometimes, but at some point there's going to be this, this lag. You know, you're going to be confronted with, I don't really want to do it or I'm not really feeling motivated to do it. So finding a way to just push through it anyway and do it is really pretty amazing. And so we're going to kind of walk you through the steps how to do that and how we got here. Yeah. It's like she just said, it's those moments where you really got to push yourself to do what you want to do because you know, you need to do it. And when you break through that obstacle and you're able to, you know, get through and accomplish what you've, you know, what your intention is, no matter what it is, you're going to have that amazing sense of uh, satisfaction knowing you were able to, you know, climb that mountain, get through that, uh, that obstacle and, build that momentum. So I'm getting ahead of myself because we're going to be start, you know, starting to talk about this stuff shortly. So on that note, um, Christina's got some information for us. So before we get into talking about the mind and habits, I found this amazing quote. Um, and I tend to have a, a yogic perspective, maybe because the, the yoga I practice, which is Kundalini yoga, is very scientific and very much involves um, working with the mind and habits. That's why when we do things, it's for 40 days um, or sometimes 120 days that we keep and stick with something. 
But this quote jumped out, and I wanted to start off the show with it. And it says, the mind has a capacity to act like a recorder. A habit enters the recorder and then begins automatically to play itself back in your behavior, feelings, and thoughts. Layer after layer of habit forms in the subconscious mind of each person. Used with awareness, habits can help you act quickly and automate actions that require little change. So for instance, you're doing something every day that's productive. We want that habit to happen on its own. And it's something that brings us the change that we want. But um, used without a relationship between you and the mind, they steal your spontaneity and your uniqueness and your projection. So you have a choice, right? And this is where we're starting today. You can live in excellence and awareness or live subject to the stereotypes of your subconscious habits. So you're either going to be aware of what's going on and be very diligent in allowing certain habits to play out and not allowing the habits that are not working for you to stop. Perfect way to look at it. And, you know, that quote she just said just ties into how we're going to open the show now. And, you know, anytime you want to make a change, and build consistency in your lives, you need to be ready. And we all, you know, whenever we all want to make a change, we always kind of say, yeah, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to do this. But the reality is you've got to stop bullshitting yourself and really look in the mirror and be serious about making a commitment to you. Otherwise, you're going to default to what you always do. You might be able to do it for a day or two, and then you're going to slowly fall back to what you always do. And that's complacency where you kind of wrap yourself up in that warm little blanket that makes you feel safe. But the reality is you might feel safe, but you're very unfulfilled. So anytime you're trying to be consistent, make a change in your life, it's scary as hell because it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to take a tremendous amount of consistency. And that's, that's the word I brought up last week. It's one of my favorite words to use because if you can't be consistent in one part of your life, it's, it's going to filter into other parts of your life where you're going to just, you're going to stumble, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to, in some ways, resent yourself for always making those mistakes. And we talked about that last week, too. It's learning how to accept those mistakes and not let them derail you. You need to learn how to fight through them and keep going forward, even though those things do happen. So, Christina? I was just going to say, <clears throat> the consistency, I want you to think of it like a muscle, right? Uh you have to build that muscle and it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a day or two. It's something that you have to keep working at to see the result. And so, you know, in the six steps to creating intention, you know, you have to really figure out what is it that you want? You know, what, what do you want to achieve? What is it that you're striving for? It could be <clears throat> to feel more peace of mind. Or it could be to quit an addiction. Uh, and how is this going to make you feel, you know, when you can finally have more peaceful mindset or when you're free of a substance like cigarettes, you know, what will it be like on the other side? So it's good to spend some time writing and sitting down and really getting your mindset like John talks about a lot clear and straight before you even start these steps that we're talking about. No, I mean, she really brought up a good point is why do you, you know, what do you really want? 
And more importantly, on top of that, why do you want that? And like she said, write it down and write, write down why you want to, to make this change. And one thing that's really important to realize, too, make it one change. You know, because if we're trying to do too much at once, it's never going to work. Making one change is, is difficult enough. And uh, so focus on one thing only, and you got to be diligent about it. So write it down. Why do you want it? That's the big, you know, answer that why question to yourself. Why is it important to you? And how do you want it to make you feel? Like she said, you know, it's, it's vital that you, you put those things together. So I'm going to say it one more time. What do you want? Why do you want it? And how do you want this intention to make you feel? Ask yourself those three questions. Figure it out. And when you're ready to commit yourself to that, then you're ready to really get rolling with this entire idea. So once you have that established, um, like let's, let's pick something like quitting cigarettes, sure. right? Let's say that someone wants to quit cigarettes. Um, so <clears throat> want to look at, you know, after identifying what are some obstacles that might block you from making this happen? For instance, one of the things that I've helped people with um, that have quit smoking is I had to make a list of when they do the behavior, why they're doing the behavior. Um, you know, a lot of times they're ritualistic behaviors, right? People smoke in the mornings, right? When they get up with their coffee or people smoke at night or on breaks at work. So really taking a look at the pattern of your relationship to this behavior that you're trying to change. And, you know, Carlos Castaneda in the, his Yaki Indian teachings, um, Don Juan had him stalk himself, basically watch himself like a hawk, you know, and really, really target the behavior that he was trying, that he was trying to change. And by doing that, you become masterful at learning how to outsmart your, your behavior that you're trying to change. It's like I said, you map it out like, oh, okay. I saw myself doing it this time, this time. When I was sad, I turned to the behavior. When I was overwhelmed, I turned to the behavior, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I love it when she brings some of that stuff in here. It's just like, uh, who was it called? Shaka Waka? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Carlos Castaneda. There you go, Carlos Castaneda. I probably still said it wrong. But, she's, you know, I, I like the way she, she phrased that because stalking yourself, I mean, that is a good way of looking at it. And I'm going to break it down in a different way because that's kind of why I'm here. And, you know, look at the obstacles that are external. Um, something about your work, perhaps. Could be family. Could be friends. You know, and, and understand what might trigger you to want to smoke or do this other habit you're trying to change. And so you can map out ways of navigating around that to make it work to your advantage. And the other thing to do, too, is recognize some of the internal obstacles that uh, you create yourself, you know, negative self-talk, thinking you're not – I'm repeating myself, but thinking you're not good enough or you can't do this. That's, that's probably the biggest thing is saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. And obviously when we're saying that, we're planting that seed that we're going to fail. So, yeah, the tape recorder, like she said earlier. So, mm-hmm. you know – we, we stated earlier to write some things down about why you want this and what you want. Do the same thing when it comes to obstacles. Put it on paper so you have a really clear idea of, of what some of those obstacles that pop up are so you can, again, navigate around that, make those changes around you and inside you 
to put you in a better powerful position to stay on track with what you're trying to change. So before we move on to the next step um, of how to be successful, I just want to, again, I, I tend to come from a psychological yogic kind of perspective and to really be able to slow down enough and, and be able to track, oh, I'm sad right now and I'm eating this piece of cake that I shouldn't be. Or the guy I like didn't call me back. And so now I'm going to the freezer to get the ice cream, right? So to be able to track the, the obstacles, and those would be considered obstacles that are starting in the mind, creating feelings in the body that are usually not comfortable, and then there's a behavior that follows. You need to have some kind of practice that is training the mind to be more still. So I'm always, I'm always going to return to that. That's my thing, man. You have to train the mind or the mind will train you. So in light of that, I just want to encourage that you find something that works for you where you are continuously spending a little bit of time redirecting that mind to either the breath or something just to create that musculature to be able to implement these things we're talking about. Because after being in the field for so long, if you can't calm your mind and still your mind, we can talk to you for five years and you're not going to be able to carry out the things that we're discussing right now because your mind's going to be racing and overwhelmed and it's going to be driving you. No, that's really well said. And I'll just share a quick story because this is kind of how I operate, but I've been working on a couple different certifications over the past few months. And for me to study and review at home, it's just impossible. So I needed to find a place where my mind would be quiet and I could really put my focus. So I had to really figure out the best place for me to do these things. And usually it would be just at my office. I could close the door and for whatever reason, when I'm at my desk, I'm able to concentrate at a whole different level and accomplish a lot more things. So like she said, you know, find that, that happy place that puts you in a good frame of mind to where you're going to be consistent, that word again, and successful. It just keeps you going in the right direction. So I think, uh, I think with her saying that should resonate with all of us because we got to find that place again where the obstacles will not be as prevalent and loud, that noise you know, you can think of obstacles that way too, that noise in our head. Mm-hmm. And boy, we, we all know what it's like when we got a noisy head. It's very, very difficult to block it all out. Yeah, I like that. Strategically placing yourself to minimize obstacles and also learning to train that mind, right? Because it, it is like a little puppy that just wants to be all over the place, right? Um, okay, so the next one is <clears throat> now that you've identified like the obstacles, Um, really looking at when you've been successful in the past and remembering what that felt like and and asking yourself, like, what did I do? We've all had achievements. We've all been successful in our lives with completing something, right? Um, And we could also turn to our loved ones, right, our friends, our partner, and ask them to remind us or help us to find that and to start you know, um, really listing 
those times and what you did. So you can try and find, you know, a map to help you with the current thing that you're targeting. Absolutely. I think bringing in people close to you is, is vital. They need to know, like anytime you're trying to make a change in habit or just uh, improve yourself in any possible way, share with your loved ones what your intention is so they're on the same page with you because they need to be aware of what you're trying to do so they can support you in any way they possibly can. And obviously, if they're not going to be want, be there to support you, then you probably need to remove that obstacle. But it's important to have the people around you supporting you because if they're not, it's, it's just that, that extra weight around us. Remember that 50-pound backpack last week when we were talking about some of the things we did when it came to removing items in your life to make you more peaceful? Well, it kind of ties into this too. So, again, build, build a successful environment that will help you trust yourself enough to love yourself to make the needed changes and, again, to keep moving forward where you want to go with this intention. And also <clears throat> something that would be powerful is to, again, I'm back to working on the mind, uh, is to tell yourself positive things about yourself. You know, making a list of I am loving, I am good, I am successful at some things. And, and make as much of a list as you can. I think John shared in the story last week in the hot, the hot tub where <laughs> the guy had you, yeah, Boudreaux, the guy had to make a list of like all these positive traits about himself and he like really struggled at that time. Um, you know, if we want to succeed at anything in our life, we have to change the way that we see ourselves. You know, every morning when I'm doing my morning practice, come hell or high water, I'm sitting there, whether I want to be or not, and I go into this calm place and I visualize myself where I want to be. I feel what that will feel like. And I actually see myself and I exhale into that image. And I find that it helps me create it out in the tangible world that much more quickly. So with all that being said, we've identified setting intention. We've identified obstacles, both internal and external, right? Looking at the people in our environment. If, if we're quitting smoking or we're trying to lose weight, and people don't know. They're going to offer us cake and treats and a cigarette. But if we tell them ahead of time, hey, I'm, I'm changing this behavior. I need you all support. Please don't offer me a cigarette. Please don't offer me junk food. Whatever it is, then they know and they can be supportive. And like John said, if they're not, then you need to take a really good look at that, right? We, we do tend to keep people around us sometimes when we have behaviors that aren't serving us that make us feel comfortable. So that could be a challenge in and of itself. But anyway... So internal obstacles, looking at those negative that we do and making a list of positive things about ourselves and reading it off and really staying focused on that. Um, and then the successful, what will it look like? What will we feel like? What will we be doing? You know, how will our life look different once that one behavior has changed? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on that one more time with, you know, the best way to be successful. Because I remember last year when I was, I keep always referring back to my coaching academy that I was a part of, but one of the things that I did was I would make a real detailed schedule of my day every single day. 
from the moment I woke, woke up to the morning to the moment I went to bed. I was going to work out when I was going to eat. And I know that sounds maybe a little um, obsessive, <laughs> but it was just a really great way to break down my day and, and kind of keep my mind on the prize. This is where I'm getting is within that list, I would, I would write down things about myself just to remind myself that I'm, that I'm smart, that I'm caring, that I'm this, that I'm that. So I was writing little self-love things in my daily schedule as I would go down my schedule of my, my duties, and I would see these little reminders of things that make me unique and make me who I am. And it was just a great way to build my self-esteem, build my self-confidence. And, you know, I'm using this as an example because you could build this into, you know, if you're trying to quit smoking, you could you could add that into your your daily list, your daily schedule. You could do that for, you know, exercise. You could do that for just being a more positive individual. So, you know, when we're using smoking as our example, you can plug anything into that. So I want you to think about that. So if you're trying to change just being maybe a better husband, a better wife or whatever, use that as the example and plug it into the smoking and um, apply it. Okay, so step four here highlights how to be cognizant that you will and may make mistakes. Um, So what I want to say to that is we can't be perfect all the time. And, again, I I like what John said about the schedule, Um, having something mapped out, I think, as we see ourselves whether crossing it off that we've accomplished it and or um, continuing to write nice things about ourselves after we accomplish it or throughout the day. It's just a really nice way to put good things into that tape recorder. And um, the other thing is the excuses, right? (laughs) So I definitely think we can speak to excuse tonight. I mean, I was sitting there. I got. I mean, and I, I don't know about you, but I'm stoked to be here right now. I, I'm I'm feeling energized and enthused, and we knew we would be. That's why we kept going. But in that moment, about an hour before showtime, I was sitting there, and my body was like, "Oh, it'd be so nice to just veg out." So it got really heavy, right? And then my mind started getting on board with. Yeah, and then we can turn on the TV. And I mean, I was just the scenario started getting created. And that's when I texted and reached out to, you know, the person, one of the people that holds me accountable. And it just shifted. I, I watched my mind go, damn it. Ugh, okay, not going to work. <laughs> Anyhow, because I'm doing this practice every morning of redirecting my mind and calming my thoughts. And finding a greater sense of peace, which is extremely hard to do and takes practice and discipline, I'm able to see and hear those excuses and not let them overtake me, right? So this muscle of discipline, um, there's so many ways to cultivate it. But finding, I want to add something here. So we're changing a behavior here. This is what we're talking about tonight, right? And I think what I said last week, and if not, I'm going to implement it in in training that mind. Because I'm telling you, that mind is a powerful vehicle, and it's all over the place. I don't care if it's staring at a plant and not moving your focus for five minutes and watching how your mind will wander 60 times while you're doing it. That 
is like the gold to find an ability to learn to create that discipline. It changes the brain chemistry. It gets you into a calm nervous system, a parasympathetic dominant nervous system, and it starts to tell the body, slow the heck down. I don't know if y'all realize it, but with knowledge and the pace of life, we are going 900 miles an hour. That's why it's even more important to find a way to stop and calm that mind so you can hear the excuses, so you can shift your focus onto something positive, so you can maybe see yourself going into a situation that you know isn't going to be good ahead of time and make a different decision. I love that. That's true. You know, the reality is, guys, whenever you're going to make a change, whenever you're trying to do anything along those lines, you're going to make a mistake, you're going to create an excuse, and you're going to stumble, and you're going to fuck up. That's just, that's just the way it is. And that's the thing to realize. It's okay. It's going to happen. So I think the biggest thing is when it does happen, acknowledge it and ask yourself, you know, why did it happen? You know, try to understand why, why you, you, you went backwards a little bit. So you can, you, you can accept it and understand why it happened. So when those feelings might arise again down the line, you're going to catch yourself and be able to push through. Because that's the biggest thing is when you do make, you know, when you do go backwards a little bit and you make that mistake, get over it and start again. And start again right then. There's nothing wrong with that because, you're, again, you're, you're building that muscle and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take stumbles to make that muscle stronger and to make that habit more of just part of your day. So be good to yourself. Forgive yourself when these things do happen. And like I said a moment ago, start again immediately because that's just that's, – that's life. How many times have we – how many times have we stumbled a little bit, gotten back up, and kept going forward? Hopefully a lot. But we've also had those times when we've stumbled and we've maybe quit on something because that's what happens, unfortunately. We fail and we feel like we can't do it. And that's when we've got to be strong and really work going on forward. Yeah, you know, and – that whole piece around the stumbling and the getting back up in the field of, you know, relapse prevention. And like John said, this can be used for, you know, eating sugar. This could be used for not being, you know, having angry outbursts. It doesn't matter. You know, we're just giving you basically a formula here to apply to any situation it is that, that you're trying to change in yourself to be happier. But there's the difference between a lapse and a relapse. I just want to kind of highlight that a lapse is something it's like a trip, right? We mess up once and we kind of get back on the horse, right? It's, it's, it's quick. It doesn't last for a long time. And that's where we can really fall prey to whatever behavior, addiction, substance, person, whatever it is we're trying to change that window of time when we lapse, and we trip is really telling as to do we go back to our, like John says, our warm, comfy blanket? Do we turn back to what brought us temporary pleasure and fulfillment? 
but then in the long run made us feel worse, made us feel bad? Or do we get back up and keep going and go back to what it was we're doing? And that's when we have to watch those negative thoughts. That's when we have to watch, you know, who's around us? Who do we reach out to? You know, who do we go to? Do we go to a meeting? Like if we're trying to quit alcohol, do we go to an AA meeting or do we go to the bar? I mean, I call those all choice points, right? And it takes a strength and a discipline to continue to make the right choices in those moments. Um, so, that's where, yeah. that's where that self-awareness really comes into play. So, you know, those choice points, like she just said, they're there all the time. It's just being self-aware enough to realize they're right there. And again, kind of owning yourself to see it and make the right choice. And unfortunately, it takes time where we can consistently make those right choices because as we're learning, as we're trying to make any change with anything, the reality is we're going to make the wrong choice periodically. That's where that stumble comes into play. And it's okay. So moving from step five, we're going to go into step six. Or excuse me, moving from step four into step five, because we got to follow these steps, is intention really does take time and effort. And studies of you know, there's a lot of different studies. You could Google, you know, changing habits, and you're probably going to come across a lot of different things. But the one that I that I found to be the most realistic was 66 days. It takes 66 days to change yourself into a good, healthy habit of what you're looking to do. And it does emphasize making one change. You cannot make multiple changes because it's just going to be too difficult to do. And I look at it this way. 66 days is a nice number, but the reality is it's a forever effort to maintain this intention because it's, it's, you have to think about it every single day. I know, uh, like, I love to exercise. Well, let me rephrase that. I don't know if I love to exercise. <laughs> Some days I enjoy it, but, you know, I've, I've done it all my life and it's become part of my lifestyle. But there are those days where that's just the last thing I want to do. But since I've been doing it for so many days, so many years, I'm able to muster the effort to push through and continue to do it. That's what I mean by it's that forever effort. Because trust me, there's many, many days I don't want to do it like many of us, but I hold myself accountable and I'm able to push through. I'm going to share this little secret that I use to make changes in my life. And I have to say it's become so much easier since I've implemented these, these aspects that I'm going to share with you right now. And so back to the morning practice, right? Getting up every morning and sitting down and working on stilling my mind and calming my mind. What happens after a while is you stop battling with yourself, right? So when you start trying to sit down, and so this is, this is where I build the muscle of stilling the mind, okay? And I'm going to explain in a minute how this helps when you're moving out into the world. So when you go to sit down first thing in the morning, right, and you make time and you carve time out, your mind starts giving you all these excuses. I don't want to sit down. I have to be at work. I need to go to the gym. So you watch your mind start to give you all these excuses. And then your body jumps in too, right? So the more that you can sit down and push through that, 
and find strength to actually do some kind. It could be Tai Chi where you're just with the breath and moving your body. But you make that come hell or high water, your dedication to you, to your intuition, to your mind, discipline. And when you move out into the world, your mind and body become more docile. And what that means is the will is the part of you that makes you sit down and focus, okay? And the body and the mind for a while don't like it. They're like children. They just want to play. They don't want to do their homework. But your will sits down enough that body and mind start bow to the will and become much more cooperative. There is a transference of power that happens over time. And when we say willpower, I can tell you from experience, it has to be cultivated. It has to be built and it has to be worked on every day. In my tradition, it's called the sadhana. And that means discipline. So from that point, the intention, the time, and the effort, if you have something you do every morning for 20 minutes to discipline yourself and train that body and mind moving out into the world, whatever it is you're targeting to be a better wife, to not be so angry, to quit smoking, whatever it is is going to come that much easier to you. And another technique that I use are flashcards. Remember flashcards from being learning your multiplication tables? I put them everywhere. I put them next to my nightstand. I put them in the bathroom. I put them in my car. I put them on my desk. And I'm looking at them frequently, behavior. And I put on the flashcards to support myself and keep it in my consciousness. So there are a few tips that help me to become much more masterful at all this. I love this girl. To think that an hour ago she was dragging. I was just sitting back watching her just go and like, damn, that's some deep shit right there. I love it. <laughs> you know, you know, she's got her morning routine. I mean, I have a morning routine too. It's it's obviously a, it's different than hers, but it puts me in the same frame of mind because, you know, and my morning routine is I get up, I have coffee, usually not decaf because after today I'll never do that again. But <laughs> Sorry, Jill, but um, <laughs> but um, I'll have a cup of coffee, and one of the first things I do is I'll sit at my desk and I'll write five things that I'm grateful for. I do that every single morning. Is it just it just kind of sets the table for my day to you know give thanks to the things that I appreciate and that I'm grateful for in my life. And after I do that, I sit on the floor and I stretch for about ten minutes because I'm getting old and I need to do this. But again, it's it's good for the body. It gets me loose. And it just, in a weird way, it puts me in touch with my body because I'm taking some time stretching things out and getting myself mentally ready for the day. That's kind of my morning routine. I mean, everyone's going to have to find their own that's going to fit with them, but it helps me. And there's one more thing that I do. And I, you know, if people that know me on Facebook about three years ago, I started sharing a little quote every day with my friend. And we did this for a couple of years, and it's continued now for three years where I would share a thought of the day. And, you know, when I first started doing that, I didn't realize, I didn't really understand what I was creating for myself. And it, it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that I started to realize, you know what, I'm, I'm sending this thought out there. So in a way, I'm setting my intention for the day. And it, it uh, made me realize, 
that I need to start living my life by these quotes that I'm putting out there because I was putting these quotes out there but wasn't necessarily um, committing myself to it. So it, it, it was kind of an eye-opener to me that by putting these thoughts out there, by writing down these things that I'm grateful for, I was really laying the foundation to have a much more peaceful, meaningful day and making myself a lot more self-aware of myself and my thoughts. So there you have it. And so for the last step, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to call this step kind of reflection at the end of the day, Um, really sitting down with yourself and reviewing your day in your head and looking at what you did achieve, what you did accomplish, and what worked for you, kind of like a reevaluation time, you know, and, and, and again, you're not going to be perfect. It's not going to, you're not going to be a hundred percent. So really working on those thoughts. Again, think of it as the tape recorder that goes into your unconscious, you know, and some people have said to me, well, I don't want to tell myself things that are, that are bullshit. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. So this is what we do instead. Even though I didn't completely do all the things I wanted to today. I did complete a few. Or even though I let myself down a bit today, I was able to pull it back together. So we call those whole thoughts in cognitive behavioral therapy, looking at thoughts and behaviors. It's a whole thought. So you put the negative in there with the positive. So sitting down, reviewing how your day went, what it is that you achieved, maybe you can add to your plan or maybe you can, you found something that would work better, you know, like maybe going to the gym in the morning instead of the evening, whatever it is that you're working on, you start to tweak that plan and make it more organic. That way it fits you better. That's really well said because everyone's different, obviously. So we What's going to work for Christina might not work for me and vice versa. So it's really, that's why it's vital to spend a little time writing things out. What works for you? What are the obstacles that you're going to face? What are some of the internal struggles that you might have? Why are you doing this? You know your life and you just got to be, like we stated earlier, you got to stop bullshitting yourself. So you know what's going to work for you. So look at it with clear eyes and be honest with yourself. But, you know, when maybe when you try to do this change a year ago, you're going to see it differently. You're going to understand, okay, maybe this is what happened and I can tweak this to make it work better for me. I can surround myself by somebody else, someone that's going to push me the right way and just realize mistakes are going to happen. I, I like to use this phrase, you know, we're perfectly imperfect. Okay, because none of us are are perfect. We're always going to make some small mistakes, if not some big mistakes. But that uh, that imperfection in us is what makes us so so amazing. That's what makes us so unique. So using that uniqueness, we got to realize we're all going to be successful in our own special way. So it's just figuring out which way is going to be the best for you. And while you're going through this process, a really good thing to review would be our show from last week, which talked about the things that we need to remove to have a more peaceful, kind of happier mindset. So if you remember, it was the anxiety and guilt and negative people. And so, you know, I know we talked about obstacles uh, in this show, but I think it's, it, it would be good and 
empowering to just review the principles that we brought up the last show because those are a lot of things that are going to come up for you when you're journeying to making change, right? You're going to have guilt. You're going to, the people that you're trying to be nicer to might still be mean to you. So how will you find the strength in you not to respond the way that they're acting to you, right? Um, So all of those pieces are integral to really kind of weaving that into the system of, okay, I'm going to make this change. I'm going to set myself up for success. That's why we're taking you sequentially through these shows. Um, We're really laying it out for you. We're putting time and effort into keeping it real, looking at ourselves and our trainings, and really trying to give you guys like a roadmap. But the thing I just want to say as we're coming coming towards the end here is, you know, no one is going to do it for you. I, I love that saying, like, no one's coming to save you. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's like you have to help yourself. You have to take the steps. You have to stand up and make the good choice when you're confronted with, you know, do I eat that piece of cake or do I drink more water and eat an apple or something like that? You know, it's kind of like those choice points. So strengthening the mind, actually cultivating willpower, not just saying you want it, but actually cultivating it and doing things in your life that make that stronger so you can actually implement all the things we're talking about here is vital. No, that's really well said. You know, it's, it's like we started with the show, you know, to build consistency, you need to ask yourself, are you ready? And you've really got to be honest with yourself because if you're not ready to make a change, don't try to make that change because you're only going to sabotage yourself, come up with an excuse. And in, in so many ways, you're going to dig that hole a little bit deeper. So think about what you need to do to make yourself ready. Ask yourself those three questions again. Do you want, why do you want it, and how do you want it to make you feel? And, you know, sit with those questions and really write them out. Figure out, you know, what you want and why. Why do you really want to do this? And if you can't really put your whole heart into it, then you're not ready. And understand, that's okay. (laughs) That's totally okay. You're just not at that point yet. But if you are ready, then you got to commit to yourself and, and go for it and build yourself, you know, build, build that environment that's going to make you successful and surround yourself with people that are going to support you and, and hold you accountable and, and love you the way that's going to enable you to make the right moves and make the right choices. Yeah, and I, I really – I know we talked about having supportive people around us, but I think that that is so integral. I look at um, some people that I know that are in support groups for addictions and AA and smoking cessation and and, um, things like that. And I sometimes, you know, think to myself, if only, you know, and, and not that I want to put that on myself, but there's something beautiful about those meetings and finding people that are struggling with the same thing you're struggling with and having people give you their names and numbers if you need support to reach out to. 
And I, there's so many support groups. They have support groups online. They have support groups, you know, in the restaurant. I mean, everywhere you look, there's, there's access to support groups. You don't even have to leave your house nowadays. They even have mindful support groups. I mean, it's just insane if you look online. So, you know, if, if you're finding that it's hard to get to resources that are going to help, you go online, you know, look, look at things. Um, they even have yoga classes online. In fact, I want to give a shout out to one of my favorite yoga teachers, Jai Dev. Uh, he has a website and it's called, um, what is it? Life Force Academy. Life Force Academy, if you want to try some of this yoga that I'm talking about and really raise some power in the body and really get some discipline going from the inside out, um, Check out his website, uh, Life Force Academy. I think you could try it free for a week or something. You don't even have to leave your house. I mean, people know how challenging it is these days and, and how we love to be home. So, so look at your resources. I think that's the note I want to start wrapping up on is, is what resources do you have at your disposal and or what resources can you find to really further what it is you're trying to achieve here? Beautifully stated, and she's absolutely right. Support is, is a huge component to all this. And if you're lacking that, if you're lacking that through friends or even family and loved ones, um, think of a coach. Think of, you know, what, what would resonate with me? That's the biggest thing. Find what's going to fit you when it comes to someone who's going to be supportive and accountable to you, a like-minded friend, a like-minded uh, individual when it comes to holding you to what you want. So don't be afraid to look for it and don't be afraid to ask for it. There's nothing to be embarrassed about whenever you're trying to make a, a big change in your life. And again, it could be anything. That's the beautiful thing about this because it's not going to be easy. We're not sitting here uh, saying it's going to be easy because it's going to take time. It's going to, it's basically a lifelong shift that you're going to make, but I'm convinced, and I know Christina is, is once you're able to make that one shift, it starts to build momentum. It starts to avalanche and become bigger and bigger where you're able to add another one, add another one, and just start really living a life of intention. And you're just going to feel so empowered and so proud of yourself that it, uh, it has an amazing ripple effect around the people in your life. And they'll start to notice, they'll start to feel inspired by the changes that you're making in your life. So there's a lot of uh, beautiful give and take from it. Something that just popped into my head is the resistance that's going to show up. Part of that might be in revealing that you're working on something, right? I've heard a lot of people tell me they don't trust the system or they don't, they don't feel comfortable reaching out to people because people have let them down in the past. And, you know, that, that, that's bullshit. I'm sorry, because I feel like you're intelligent enough, right, to – walk through this world, you're intelligent enough to discern and find people, like John said, that fit who you are. So if people have let you down, you don't stop looking. You look for someone else and you take the time because you're worth it, right? So at, even for myself, as an accomplished woman from New York, right, strong, got my shit together, for me to reach out and ask for help years ago when I started doing that was so hard. I wanted people to see me as this badass woman. And that just wasn't the case. Even though I was amazing in a lot of ways, I had my challenges because I was a person, because I was a human being. So 
I know the resistance it took to go to someone for help and share what it was I was struggling with. And that kind of humility doesn't come easy. It definitely comes with practice. It's a real sign of vulnerability when you're able to express that with anybody. And unfortunately, I think coming from a male uh, perspective, anytime we're, we're sharing a, vul- a vulnerable space in us to anyone is freaking frightening. You know, especially when we're trying to do something that uh, we want to do, but we're scared to try it because we're, we're afraid of how we're going to be judged or how we're going to be looked at. You know, me, for instance, doing this radio station with Christina, you know, I'm putting myself out there. I'm showing a side maybe people had no idea actually was in me. And, you know, it's a scary proposition for me to do, but you know what? It's something that I felt the need to do, and I'm hoping other guys out there will recognize, you know, if he can do it, well, why can't I show more of, of that vulnerability that he's showing? Because that's just who we are. And, again, I think we stated this, you know, maybe a few shows ago, but I feel if, if a guy is able to be vulnerable and really show what's going on inside him, emoting, that's the, that is the biggest sign of courage right there. If you're not able to do that, you're a fucking coward, plain and simple. And I hate to say that, but it's true. Too many of us just walk around with our – chest puffed out and trying to act all cool and shit. And the reality is, you know, we're all frightened a little bit. We're all insecure and we just need to be expressive and share those fears and not be afraid of it. And again, by doing that is the biggest sign of courage. And by doing that also ties into what tonight is all about. It makes that huge shift in us emotionally to where we're going to make some great changes. And like I said, it has a beautiful ripple effect where it's going to be noticed by the right people. And let me emphasize that the right people will notice the change in you. So think about that. That's huge. Right people. <laughs> the right people. I don't think they heard you. So, you know, when you say the word coward, I, I have compassion for people that, it, yes, it, it you know, and I was cowardly at one time too. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I seem, I tend to identify um, with the male perspective more because of my upbringing and stuff. Um, yeah. I, I think we need to really be compassionate with ourselves and push through that fear. Right. Cause like he, John just said, it's so courageous to be vulnerable and to share that you're not perfect instead of just staying quiet behind this exterior that makes you look okay. I mean coward in a very loving way. Please understand that. (laughs) I just wanted to, I don't want people out there to understand that. Yeah. So, I mean, and and I I just want to honor John for sitting here with me and doing his work. I've watched him over the last year really um, just become this, deeper person uh, through training and putting himself out there and working on himself. And um, it's all paid off. You know, he's, he's definitely got really amazing connections and lifestyle going on right now. So I just want to honor that and say, like, I've watched it. And that's why I wanted you to be on the show because I guys need to see this, right? There's so many guys out there that don't have anybody to inspire them or to follow. And, and for my, for women, you know, there's a lot of, strong, powerful women out there that are struggling with very similar issues that guys have around like, you know, 
always looking like they got it together because they're single moms with three jobs. I don't know. But so, yeah, we're, we're all in this together. And on that note, I just want to say thank you for listening and be the best self you can be. And hopefully the things we shared tonight will help you change that behavior so you can be more happy and at peace. Beautifully said. So I, I too want to thank everybody for listening tonight. Um, again, this isn't a, this isn't a one fit uh, list that we put together because it's going to, everyone's going to approach it in a different way. So I hope you take what we said um, and are able to apply it to the way you can. And I will, I will share all this on, on the Facebook page tomorrow and we'll share the recording also. And I hope you guys have a beautiful evening and thank you so much for listening.